you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Got lit at Coachella. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. We made it back. The big Chris Wessling bachelor party. The final bit of pomp and circumstance ahead of the big wedding, uh, which is coming up in less than a month now uh, over in Tybee Island. And uh, we had a nice uh, two nights in San Diego. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And we're all here together, which means no one is arrested or in Tijuana or anywhere else. Mark. Or dead. Or dead. No one died. I, it was, um, from that angle, a success. But, I mean, I left thinking that we, you know, if you're Lakeisha, the paramour, and you were to witness the 50 straight hours of our time together, I think she'd come out of that experience thinking, these are four upstanding um, <laughs> middle-aged men. I, it, didn't get, it didn't get overly wild, which is, mm. which is what I wanted, but it was a great time. It was exactly what I needed. A couple of Reds wins. Um, great. Greg and Dan beating Mark and I in, in seven-game series of cornhole. We just oh. needed six, but yeah, we did, we weren't going to bring that up. It was your weekend, but <laughs> since you brought well, you know, we, you got to you have to own the loss when it happens. <laughs> that is one of those losses um, that will stick to Wes's legacy. Unfortunately, <laughs> you hate that it falls on a bachelor party weekend in honor of him. Uh, but also, of course, Mark, who really. In his cornhole, he had been out of the game for a while, and he came back a little rusty at first. But by the end of the series, was really throwing well. Uh, but it's sad, um, Greg, that history will remember, uh, beyond anything else, the final throw <laughs> of the six games. Of the hundreds and hundreds of throws, history will remember. It was kind of a Chris Webber timeout situation. Ultimately, yeah. Mark and West they they weren't winning that game. They weren't winning the series, most likely. They, they were in... They were in they were in trouble. They were... It was just about done. And Mark, overall, had a great performance like Chris Webber's college career. But all anyone remembers by, about that uh, Michigan loss was Chris Webber time taking out. that time out. I and know. when Wes... When Mark knocked two of mine in, it just was, it was tough. I think it's an apt comparison for this reason. Michigan Michigan was going to lose that game anyway, regardless of Probably. Webber's timeout. Yeah. Right. Pay, I mean, paint a picture, Greg. So the throw... <laughs> Uh, it's point game uh, for Greg and Dan. Mark has the last throw of the round. I believe it's 20 to 13, 20 to 12 in that range. I had to keep us alive and keep you yeah, right. I had um, one more to winning. go. I had one yeah. more to go. But yeah. Mark throws it up in the air. It hits about six, you know, four to six inches uh, to the right of the hole, tapping both of Greg's bags that were sitting next to the hole into the hole. That's a six-point score. More than the, obviously what we needed, which is one. Uh, so that will be played in perpetuity on the uh, Cornhole channel, which is probably somewhere on DirecTV. I mean, just to, there, that was also would have been my fourth bag on the board. 
Yeah. And so it was this, it would have been a, it very was well. a total narrative shift because this guy that has given up on parlor games, I thought I was going to be in a complete embarrassment. <laughs> thought I hung around, didn't You're embarrass fine. Wes for the most part, but that last shot is the only yeah. real replay they would need of the entire affair, which is a disaster, a total disaster. No, I, you're... Your improvement needs to be noted because that makes or breaks the bachelor party. If you mm, if you do right. bad the first game that and been. it's not even competitive, it's not a good time. A but of, mm. but almost the first four or five games were 18 to 18 at some point. Right. A bit of an eye-opener how good and competitive the matchup is with just the four of us. We don't need anybody else to have great corn. We had two 18-18s and one 19-19 <laughs> out of the six games. So that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, a few more takeaways I had. Uh, we dug in. VH1 is now air- airing Cheaters Marathon, the TV series, the reality show Cheaters. Uh, they air- it's good early morning fair if you're not feeling up. Yeah. Back to back to back to back to back episodes. They air a five-hour block from about 7 to noon and – no joke. We watched the entire marathon on um, Friday morning or Saturday morning. So that was interesting. Uh, Friday morning it was. And then um, Mark Mark was nearly assaulted by a woman of generous carriage outside of Bubs at the ballpark, the the, uh, the popular bar right next to Petco oh, yeah. Park where the Padres play. Um, and that was a close call because that woman, she could do some damage potentially. I mean, a lot of near misses. That was I mean, the only in that real case, danger a, spot. A good, a good near miss. That was the only point where I felt like the group or one of the group was in danger because she was looking to throw hands. I came home. The doorman also wasn't <laughs> pleased with Mark like an hour before that. I, my I entire, everything well. I was doing was trying to take our gathering and take it up a notch right. or two. And that does not always comply with people attempting to control events such as bouncers and uh, this female, <laughs> right. whoever she was. And I'm turning 39 tomorrow. And I have to tell you, so I've been doing bachelor parties now for you know 12 to 15 years. It's my first one in a while. The back-to-backs, it's like the 99 NBA lockout season. Uh, where you just saw guys dragging uh, because they weren't in shape. They were kind of not ready for it. That's me now at a bachelor party. So I don't have too many left. My brother's not married yet. Uh, I have some cousins. Um, But Wes, you might be my last close friend yet to tie the knot. And that's fine. I think I'm... I'm basically, I've done my duty in the bachelor party realm. I feel like I've been a big contributor. I have some MVP awards on the mantle. I've always tried to do my best, but my body is not willing. I Yeah, I, I get that good analysis. Excellent leadership out of all three of you, especially you driving. Um, I arrived home with nothing left in the tank. I was able to go back to back, <laughs> but I, t- I left it all on the field. As you should have. Jordan after the flu game. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about the flu, but yeah, it was a good time. All right, let's get into it. We got a lot of, to hit coming up later. Yes, it's the return of Go Get My Lunch, you turd. The 2019 NFL Draft Edition. Yes, the draft is finally here. It's draft week. So we will uh, get into um, props, predictions from each of us with sandwiches on the line. And this year, this is the year we're going to pay them all off. How about that? Instead of talking about it, this segment has become everyone saying, well, it's not like I got to pay them off anyway. It's not like they ever give it. But in 2019, fresh slate sandwiches get paid. So paid off based on these props and not all the junk. No, we're we're just the standings remain. As long as we're not paying all that off, because I would be. Yes. And Nick Fortier at go get my lunch dot com does tremendous work. Or is it dot org? Dot com, probably. Um, so check out the history of the game. Here we go. We're going to do that. Also, uh, some news to get to. Uh, so Ricky Hollywood, uh, we were hoping you would make a impromptu 
appearance slash cameo down in San Diego. Didn't see it, but you were in our thoughts. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I missed out on four dudes watching VH1 early in the morning for your bachelor party. Like, oh, what the heck? I know, yeah. Oh, Ambrosi was disappointed. But you, you're not going to get out and get going at nine in the morning. Go go get brunch. Go get we got, we, on we the did. beach. Go do brunch. We did. We got a nice... You know what that sounds VH1? like? That sounds like a bachelorette party. Oh, let's make sure we get brunch in the morning. I heard a really cute place downtown yeah dude like, we went so hard last night vh1 well, we marathon let's watch that's it a very well, we it's a very like guy thing to do when we don't really know what else to do with each other for like four straight hours so it's like just <laughs> comment on the television i haven't marathon. i had never seen cheaters before but if you saw clark gable the third in action <laughs> before his untimely passing mm. you would you wouldn't Rest just go with one episode joey greco carries joey the franchise greco, forget it. all Jesus. right let's go <laughs> From Cheater Surveillance Cameras, you are about to view actual true stories filmed live, documenting the pain of a spouse or lover caused by infidelity. This program is both dedicated to the faithful and presented to the false-hearted to encourage their renewal of temperance and virtue. Don't you judge us. How dare you? How dare you, scorpion woman? All right. <laughs> Let's get going. Interesting news out of Oakland and really to me, and this this did pop up during our Cheaters Marathon is when we learned about it. It interrupted us. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, the brain trust of the Oakland Raiders, well, they decided to kind of shrink things down, the old circle of trust ahead of uh, Thursday. Mayock and Gruden sent their scouts home for the weekend and do not expect them to return by draft time, Rap Sheet reported on Friday. Rappaport added that Gruden and Mayock, quote, don't know who to trust among the scouts and, quote, wanted to clear the room. According to the Raiders' website, uh, they employ 14 people in their personnel department. Uh, not all of them are scouts, um, but uh, the director of college scouting, Sean Hurrock, uh, was hired by Reggie McKenzie in 2012, the former GM. Uh, he was inherited when McKenzie uh, left the organization in December. Uh, so, Greg, we'll start with you on this one. This is, to me, this has kind of warmed the cockles of my heart a little bit because <laughs> this feels like a very fun Raiders type move. It's kind of absurd and a little bit crazy and troubling if I'm a fan of that team. But at the same time, it's good to see the Raiders being the Raiders. I. I agree. It reminded me of an Al. It just feels like we're back in the Al Davis era. And that got me thinking like Gruden really is the perfect successor to Al Davis that it, maybe eventually he will have a partial ownership. Like we joke about this 10 year contract. Maybe it's just John Gruden moving forward. Cause I, I see this sort of paranoid, little crazy move. It's not that big a deal. And I think John Gruden, I don't think Mike Mayock has anything to do with this. I could say from another angle that, this borders on non-news minus the timing because it dates back DNA-wise to a lot of people still mostly tied to Reggie McKenzie. His twin brother, Raleigh, or Raleigh, however you, Dan, want to pronounce that. It's a Raleigh. Okay, You roll him. the R. He was still on the staff. So it's like this, is, this was someone that clearly Gruden was never on the same page with, and you couldn't have fired them last offseason. So I get it, but it's essentially saying, hey, if you uh, worked or came in with Reggie McKenzie, who is by all accounts a great human being, then we don't trust you. But that happens all. all the time, though. Well, they, something didn't work because there's a story that came out about five minutes ago from me and Rappaport. 
<laughs> not detailing the Raiders plans, but saying, explaining that they did this because the, the Raiders are planning a surprise pick at number four. Right. <laughs> I love it. Right. It's like a, a, a move out of nowhere that no one sees coming. And then Ian tried to guess a million different options, just like, you know, diff- different types of picks. He's guessing Devin White. And they're, and they're afraid. Yeah, he guessed Devin White. He also was like, maybe a quarterback, maybe it's Haskins. Uh, uh, and that they, yeah, they, they fear the league. So They're someone gonna... leaked to Ian that the pick at number four is expected to be a surprise. It's a trick. Isn't every pick technically a surprise except for right. number one? Yeah. Well, I we don't really know what it is. There's surprise. supposed to be like five or six tier one guys in this well, draft, and maybe they're taking he, a tier two. T- here's what I think you can take from it, though, that the entire scouting department basically is irrelevant except for Gruden and Mayock. In their mind. Well, that's pretty interesting. They're irrelevant after a certain date. No, I think they, after they've done what, all their what work. What this tells me is that for the most part, they've been irrelevant for months. Like they're doing some groundwork, but the only two people that really matter is Gruden and Mayock. Isn't and it Gruden normal it, for this about this time of the year at the draft, the scouts are out of the process at you know, it's now it's in the decision maker's hands. Yeah, for, I, right. for the most part. And most of these people are getting fired, to be clear, or their contract is up. So most of them aren't coming back. My first thought was, and when we when this happened in the middle of watching, uh, I think episode four of eight of Cheaters, that yes. that why if you're going to bench these guys publicly and to some degree humiliate them and all the work they've done over the last year plus then that, would, to me, would trigger leaks, not keep people in good employee mode until next week. <laughs> right. And secondly, Charlie Cassidy, who like obviously sat in on a billion war rooms, talked about how back in the day with the Texans, and, and forget the Redskins, that was way, but even with the Texans, that friends and family and all sorts of people would pile into the war room, because that's the day that you celebrate. But now with Twitter, like leaks could happen at any moment, so maybe it's just a lockdown, but... It, with the trigger back effect where these disgruntled employees probably are looking for Ian's phone number. Here's um, some more insight. Move the sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. When I started scouting in 2003, most teams allowed scouts and coaches to see the draft board. By 2012, most teams only allowed three to four people, head head coach, GM, personnel director, college director, to have access to the board. So he doesn't think it's that unusual. Gil Brand had a little Ian fired back to that, too. It was like, with all due respect, it's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, bro. Um, Gil Brand said this. We never cleared the room. He was a former, of course, general manager of the Dallas Cowboys before Jerry Jones got there. We never cleared the room, but sometimes we'd lay traps for scouts we didn't trust. In 1987, we showed our board to a scout with us talking, uh, taking Mike Junkin, a linebacker we didn't like. Two days later, Cowboys beat writer Jim Dent wrote, wrote a story saying we were taking Junkin. Hook, line, stinker. Mm. Gil drops the hammer. <laughs> Mike uh, Junkin, who went to the Browns and faded out of the NFL within weeks, I think. Gil knew what he was doing. The Raiders own three first-round picks, four, twenty-four, and twenty. Gil also compared Daniel Jones to Peyton Manning and, and made it sound like it might be his favorite quarterback in the draft. Hubba hubba. All right, moving on. So, yes, the Raiders, four, twenty-four, twenty-seven on Thursday. Cardinals, number one. Three day, uh, we are uh, four days away, and uh, the Cardinals are in final preparation for the big moment. Rap sheet reports that Cardinals brass GM Steve Keim, coach Cliff Kingsbury, and owner Michael Bidwell, not Bidwell, 
Do not say Bidwell. That is, that is it could lead to a misspelling. Bidwill. We'll have a final meeting over the next couple of days to discuss their options at number one per sources. Uh, Rappaport added that the Cardinals have received feeler calls from teams inquiring about trading up as well. Wes, of course, Kyler Murray is widely believed the Oklahoma quarterback to go to the Cardinals at number one. So do you put anything into these final reports ahead of the draft? I put in the same thing I've been putting in the last couple of months, that probably Kyler Murray is Cliff Kingsbury's guy. We don't know who Steve Kimes' guy is, but we know he drafted Josh Rosen. So I, I think it's smart to keep all your options open until you actually make the pick, and maybe that's what the Cardinals why, have been doing. Right. Why not listen? I mean, Peter King mentioned this morning that for many in the building, Nick Bosa is their choice. So there's clearly like some division, and there has been all along here. Hmm. Right. I don't put like I got a text from someone that was like, "What's going on with all this, you know, mess going on with the Cardinals?" And I had to think like, "What is even the mess?" And I think it's referring to you know some of these reports that that the Kyler Murray pick was almost uh, tested, you know, to the public, like that they wanted to feel the reaction of of what was going on when they Yikes. let it out there that Kyler Murray was happening, and now that the the public wasn't that crazy for it. I don't put anything into that, though. That's putting too much stock into these reports that I don't believe. Like, jumping to the conclusion that there's somehow a mess in Arizona seems crazy. I suspect they're all totally on the same page. And the fact that there's all these different reports out there just means no one knows what the hell is going to happen, Man, how which do you, is the idea. How do you, like, scientifically <laughs> gauge the reaction of the public? Right, right. That's another... Uh, like, why would that, you want to? Wait, why would you? If you're a football like, team, that's theory, how you're operating. In theory, if you're ownership and you're really worried about this franchise is sinking, like, hey, is this the guy that's going to create so much excitement uh, that it starts selling our season tickets, which we're struggling with. But I don't buy any of that nonsense. Uh, let's move on. There is a, a name floating around, a prominent defensive player uh, for the Seahawks. It's floating around as we approach the draft. Franchise tag defensive end Frank Clark, rap sheet reported Monday uh, on Good Morning Football, that the Seahawks have been talking to several teams about Clark, including the Colts, the Chiefs, and the Jets. So a Clark trade... Uh, Mark is something that could really shake up the draft board. Uh, this is a, a prominent guy, um, just 25 years old, can get to the quarterback, uh, coming off a 13-sack season. So you would think he would have value if the Seahawks were motivated to move him. I mean, I, I'd only wonder why the Seahawks would want to move a pass rusher at the absolute prime age of his career. Um, but there's other money concerns. I mean, I for me, I think if this happens, this has to happen sooner than later and not probably when they're on the clock so that you, if you're Seattle, really know where you are heading into the draft. That would be my guess. It happens sooner than later. I'm wondering, and you can pay multiple stars on a roster with the salary cap the way it is in the NFL, but the Seattle Seahawks just gave Russell Wilson the biggest contract in NFL history. What it does do Wes, it does shift a little bit your franchise model, how you want to spend the rest of your salary cap. So you do probably, it makes you think, we like Frank Clark a lot. We might really like Frank Clark, but do we want to give him a $90 million million Trey Flowers type contract? It's worth thinking about as an organization. I think that's the issue here. This guy is not Demarcus Lawrence. He's not that good. I mean, he, he's a good pass rusher. He's not as well-rounded as some of the best pass rushers. doesn't play the run as well. A lot of his sacks come against, say, the Raiders' terrible tackles last year. Um, so, I, to me, it doesn't surprise me that the Seahawks would have reservations about paying him if he does want that DeMarcus Lawrence. Well, he came into the league with a domestic violence charge. So, that 
I think has to be a factor in all of this in terms of giving a guy long-term money. And then that's the part where I would be a little worried if I'm the Jets who have been thrown out there as one of the teams or the Chiefs. It depends on the price, certainly. But the fact that the Seahawks are so willing to give him up, there is a level of which he would be such a good player that they would want to keep him. And he's just not at that level. He's a good pass rusher. And maybe they see the Bobby Wagner contract coming up and they have they want to give it to him. Ultimately, Russell Wilson's only making you know X amount more than he was on the last contract, which was pretty good. So they're, they're saying, and it makes sense, we'd rather have a first-round pick than have to pay Frank Clark $17 million this year on a, on a tag when we're probably not going to give him 90 next year. It all makes sense, but it would I'd be a little worried about giving him this sort of money when the Seahawks, who are defensive experts, are not. Mike McCagnan of the Jets. I don't know the history of the Frank Clark domestic violence incident, but McCagnan's been on the record multiple times saying he doesn't like to go near people with the, that type of history. Um, it was for, yeah, it was from college, and and Ian even pointed out on the air today. Look, not all first round picks are the same. If a team like the Jets, let's say, were actually interested, it'd probably be more like a trade down. Maybe they get the Seahawks first round pick or something like that. Whereas if it's a team at the back of the first round, the way Ian was talking, he really seemed to think that this that he, they're gonna get a first round pick for Clark. Interesting. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, a signing ahead of the draft. The Buffalo Bills add someone to their backfield, an increasingly crowded backfield. TJ Yeldon, a member of the uh, San Diego Greybeards before this, signed a two-year contract on Monday. Uh, he joins a Buffalo backfield that includes LaShawn McCoy, of course, and another 30-something back, your boy, Greg, Frank Gore. You worried about the inconvenient truth uh, with the arrival of Yeldon? Yes, because Gore is great on third downs, and Yeldon's been pretty productive and is much younger. Maybe there's a chance LaShawn McCoy doesn't make the team. I don't know, but that seems... Really? I don't know. I don't I don't know. They said he was on the team, and then then I guess Gore and Yeldon might be battling for one, one spot. And TJ Yeldon's got about 2,200 yards over the last four years. He has the same amount of yards as... Tevin uh, Coleman since he entered the league, which I'm not saying he's the same player, but he's been pretty productive. He's he's okay. He's a good receiving back. Yeah. And this is bad news. Sorry to our British listeners for your rugby guy, Christian Wade. Well, that's true too. Uh Uh-oh. Well, Wade, I think most people on the roster were bad news for I think Wade is hoping to to show enough to make a practice squad at this this stage. You can save 6.4 million by moving on from LaShawn McCoy, which... The LaShawn McCoy experience, I thought, would have gotten rid of him a year ago, but they've they've very loyally stuck to him, but it's not like he's getting any younger. Uh, let's uh, move on. Jalen Ramsey was not at the Jaguars' voluntary workouts. Uh, Tom Coughlin provided some thoughts on his uh, belief about whether players should be at these workouts or not. Uh, the NFLPA released a statement hours after Coughlin's comments uh, to provide clarity on the definition of voluntary. Then Ra- Ramsey's agent digs in, uh, saying Ramsey is exactly where Jalen should be during this offseason. He's spending time with his young daughter and family and training in his hometown of Nashville. The Jags are fully aware of what's going on with him. And then Jalen himself tweets, quote, fully aware and, quote, voluntary, meaning I don't have to be there, but they know the exact reasons I am not. My mm. teammates know it's all love and know I'll be ready when it's time. 100 emoji. Wes, does that change anything about your feeling about Jillian Ramsey not being around in Jacksonville? I Okay, so I'm a little torn on this because I did read where he works out hard with his father. 
um, away from the team, and nobody's really worried about him being in shape or not. But I do think on this particular team where there is a void of leadership and it was an issue all year last year, that your best player should probably be your leader and showing an example, and, and he should be there. Um, I would ask you, Dan, I mm-hmm. saw another rumor. Mm-hmm. Would you trade the number three pick in the draft for Jalen Ramsey? Ooh. Who will need a new contract soon. How old is he? Oh, he's young, like 25. Young guy, right? Yeah. Is he that young? He's 25. Well, the number three overall pick for Jalen Ramsey would fill a huge hole on the Jets. Uh, Also, a guy. How good was he last year? How good is he? He was like just below Pro Bowl level last year, but the year before, legitimately first team All Pro. I think you do it for when you factor in the ceiling and the uh, age and how m- the immediate boost that would give a team in New York that actually wants to compete for a playoff spot this year. I would do it because you would draft him third if you knew he was this good. He would be a top three player, and so you missed those first two years, but you still got the rookie. You know, you got the rookie contract. I love. I like that safety. Yeah, when you strip away like the mysticism of these first round picks, and if someone told you you're going to have Jalen Ramsey, the talent level of Jalen Ramsey on your team, you know, from here for the next three, four years, five years, of course, versus taking a risk on on a name from a college. This guy might be the most talented defensive back in the NFL, and you pair him with Jamal Adams. Now we're cooking with fire. Wait, so this is like a real thing that uh, I saw it, it. I saw it written in passing by Peter King or Breer or one of those guys. Um, finally, in the news, um, John Lennon, the late Beatles founder, um, had a piano that he wrote parts of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the iconic. Um, album, including the song A Day in the Life, which is probably my favorite Beatles song. I'm going to say it. A lot of choices. One of my there favorite there are a few choices. That's one of my favorite artists of well, all time. That was, my, mo- that was my mom's favorite. What uh, what a saga that song is. Both it's Paul and John killing it on A Day in the Life. Check it out, young listeners <laughs> and Erica. Anyway, an upright piano that John Lennon used to write Beatles songs has been sold at auction to Jim Ursay. Whoa, the owner of the Colts. Ursay tweeted Saturday he is, quote, elated to now own the instrument Lennon used uh, to compose uh, songs for that album by the Beatles released over 50 years ago. Ursay paid how much for the piano? Go ahead. 700000 very good. $718,000. You knew that, right? I read it somewhere. Oh, okay. Seven, oh, well, I was like, that was good. impressive. Seven eighteen. Incredible Jeez. guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the piano um, is now Ursay's. I'm just curious if you guys had Jim Ursay money, which is absurd money. I'd love to hear your answer on this too, Ricky, if you got one. Uh, what What is one thing you would buy? I think I would buy something that he already bought, which is the Jack Kerouac ongoing typewritten scroll that became on the road. Oh. He just did it on one long-ass piece of paper that rolled into a gigantic thing. I mean, he's buying interesting stuff. I'll give him that. I don't really want somebody's old stuff, like, collecting yeah. dust in my house, but I would pay the rights to have Northern Exposure released on <laughs> streaming. The television show, Northern Exposure. Get that released on streaming. It's the greatest TV I think, show I in love history. It. I mean, you could like it. just hire them to play out I just the, love the entire it. series for you in your house. You'd have so much money. Well, hey, the, the music rights cost a lot of... This is what's preventing the show because the, they were the first show to have like great soundtracks on every episode. I've thought about this yeah. too. Like if, if you became... If any one of us became incredibly wealthy, would you start just collecting things because that's what wealthy people do? No. I know someone who sort of came into money and now it's like he's super into furniture. And it's like, <laughs> I don't think... 
no. no matter how much money I would get that I would ever get into interior design, it just oh, would, it wouldn't I happen. I would spend my money on just like property, like wherever Obama was staying in Hawaii. Like I want that house. Yeah, that's I can't imagine like getting into getting into this, you know, buying no, like my dream old home. trinkets, but but yeah. house in a location I, that I could get. You know, I don't know. I would never it in the it, it, at this point shift into a thing where I'm suddenly collecting insane knickknacks and I want a right. less crowded home right. with less nonsense. I'm with you. What about original artwork? Eh, I don't know. I don't, so that's the other thing. He's kind of gotten into art. It's like, I don't think so because it's not in me. It just would be pretending. It could be in you and it just hasn't been allowed to blossom yet. No, my parents tried pretty hard. They're all into art. Um, I have heard whispers <laughs> out there um, that James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, is looking to potentially sell that team you would salvage the Knicks I would save the Knicks oh wow think how fun it would be to that's be a lot owner. more than 700,000 you'd be celebrated no, in I'd, the streets of New York we did put a cap on how much okay. it's just like if you were there'd be a Nick Foles like statue of you outside how the, fun would it be yeah you be get great. to sit outside the greatest the arena garden. in the United States well would you be like their boy GM or their middle I would be GM or would you <laughs> I mean, an experienced person takes GM role I should say you're not the GM no I would not be the GM but I would be involved with guys I had Thomas back to ruin an active owner I would I would have to leave the NFL um, and sure. <laughs> to dive in and get caught up on the NBA in a way I haven't been ever. And uh, I would be involved with the process. And I wouldn't be doing things like hiring Phil Jackson. I would do things like hire analytics-minded guys on the way up and have smart people around the organization and make the right moves, things that haven't happened You'd be in like New York what? City in 25 years almost. It'd be like the Pelicans. You'd have, instead yeah. of Mickey Loomis, you'd have Dave Gettleman running your neck. You'd be like one of those owners like seven or eight years in. You're just like, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know at the beginning. I was a little, <laughs> right. I was a little too involved, but right. I've learned a lot. Also, do you know what a hero you would be if you got James Dolan out. Of- yeah, you want to be the guy after James Dolan. Yes, that's right. All right, that's what's happening in the news. Let's take a quick second and hear from our sponsors. Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to spend time in. Lisa's most popular multi-layer foam mattress is made with premium foams for cooling, contouring, and pressure-relieving support. Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. They've in-home delivery and setup is available, as well as financing. Oh yeah, Dan got a mattress sent to him and he loves it. He'll report on that soon. Don't miss out. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off of your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash around. And use promo code around. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash around. All right. It's time. It is time. Go get my lunch. 2019 NFL Draft Edition. What is Go Get My Lunch? It is a game. We go around the horn two times, maybe three. We'll have some fun. See what we're doing on time. And make (laughs) predictions about the draft, both Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So it could be from anywhere in the draft. I do want to... Just a heads up, and hopefully it doesn't affect anyone, but it would be good for these things to be able to be paid off by the time we're doing our Saturday show. Yeah. The stuff that's yes. not lingering, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. Um, 
All right, here we go. So we'll go around the horn, and then you could take each other up on the on their sandwich prop. Say, I, I don't believe it. Let's put a sandwich on the line. Or you say, I agree with you. No sandwich on the line. And it's a very, very great tradition of the show, and I am excited for today's adventure. How about you? I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited about Greg's beard, too. Look at this thing. It is growing in well. It's an interesting it's time nice. for the beard because it's spring heading uh, toward the warmer weather, and now you're growing in the big woolly uh, man beard, which is quite striking. Well, this is the time of year where, you know, maybe not on. Yeah, I was kind of mostly off last week. We're not on the air as much. Or when we are, it's, you know, we're kind of far away. It's it's fine. Classic you guy know, you growing wanna, a beard move, move, though, to say like, oh, it's because it doesn't but that really is the, matter. That is, that's how it started. But you're also looking like, in the mirror and you're just like, oh, this is coming. Yeah, but I don't, I don't trust Greg like to, to continue on because no. he's done this before and then suddenly clean shaven out of nowhere. It's like a eight, it well, got, I'm let, it. get too close I'm to the I'm letting it ride more than, more than normal. We're going to see where it takes us. Uh, but I like the way you brought it up. It's kind of counter what to p- what people are expecting. People lose the beards. That then mine will stand out more. You're zagging. Everyone else is zigging. Very nice. What do you think, Ricky? I like it. You think it works? Yeah. She told me it looks so, sexy yeah. the other week. She asked if you were trying to beer buy beer this week. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like you're trying to like fill a, fill in a fake. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, Mark, why don't you get us going with the first prop? Let's have some fun. Oh, and the last one we do. Should be an, let me wait. Let me reframe this. The last one's got to be an onion hanger. So we want it, we, and that means one where you're kind of really putting it out there, and the chances that you get it right, not great, but you're you're brave. And before we throw it to Mark, let's do. We always like to do one where it's kind of a universal type prop. So let's start this way. What mm-hmm. team will Josh Rosen be on by Sunday morning? By Sunday morning, what team will Josh Rosen be on? Uh, let's go around the horn, Mark Sessler. I do believe he will wind up on another team, but I am going to go with the Arizona Cardinals by then. I don't think they're going to get a deal done. Mm. Interesting. Why Why not any reason in particular? I think they probably value – there just seems to be split factions inside the building. I think some people value Josh Rosen a lot. I could be completely wrong on this. I think I've got these group bets wrong like five years in a row, so take none of it as fact. I just think he's going to stick in Arizona until – Unless they get something they really like. So I don't he think could they be will. somewhere else week one. That's what I'm saying. I think they'll still, he's still movable, but I don't think it will happen by Sunday. Wes? That's a good answer. That's what I, I don't want to take Mark's answer. You don't well, have you to. Can, you can. certainly can, though. You can. Yeah. Multiple people can take it. I was yeah. thinking Arizona, although I might switch it now just for I thought about fun. it as well. but Because he's on the Cardinals right now. That's a pretty big advantage in this competition. Right. Yes. Feel <laughs> free to take it. Join me. I will not. All right. I'm going to go Thelma and Louise with Mark. <laughs> We're going over the card. Uh, this is going to be in contrast to what Mike Garofalo told us on the Twitter show because there were the reports about the Redskins being interested and then Mike kind of shot it down. He's like, eh, it's not really serious. Well, I'm going to say the smoke leads to fire and uh, the Redskins get him at a really good value, fourth round pick maybe, something like that. Mm. And they bring him into the room because let's face it, Colt McCoy, uh, an injury at all times waiting to happen. And he still, he just had another surgery to correct that leg injury he suffered on Thanksgiving. Case Keenum's the only other option in the building with Alex Smith out indefinitely. So they're going to add another body in that room and it will be Josh Rosen with some upside. Mm. It's boring to take the Cardinals, which is what I was thinking. You, you take them and I'll take someone else. Come on, guys. I got a conscious thing coupling going on. I'll I don't think it's Cardinals. boring. Well, you take the Cardinals too? Well, he just switching off. I'm switching. I'm going to the fish tank. 
Oh, oh we're hopping in the fish tank. That yep. makes a lot of sense. It all pays off. That makes a lot of sense. It I just couldn't. Greg is now Thelma, Marcus Louise, and I am in bed with the dolphins. They're going off a cliff. You're jumping in a, a pool. Who, who yeah. wins? You're hanging out with like 20-year-old Brad Pitt. <laughs> Ooh, la, la, you're doing more than hanging out. Wes? Go revisit Wes's? that film. No, Thelma and Louise. No, I get well, that. No, I get I'm the saying link, you're, but you're claiming that Wes I'm saying is doing you're cleaning up. We're off the cliff. Brad's like, where uh, those where those ladies go? I mean, Brad's leaving with your billfold at the hotel room, but he's also, you know. I never actually watched that nice movie. Time. I just know that it has a famous scene at the end. It does. It's quite a movie. I haven't seen it in many years. Mark, get us going now. Let's go around the horn. All right. I always struggle with this. Go get my life. I come up with these ridiculous ones and I lose left and right. But I, always. I, this one I believe in that the um, Giants will not take a quarterback at number six. Giants will not take a quarterback at number six. Interesting. They have two first round picks. Six yes. and 17, I 17. Believe. So the first pick... What if they move up or move down or anything? So it's got to be the number six pick. I would think that would nullify. Yeah, if you're saying they're not taking a quarterback in the sixth spot specifically, (laughs) then yeah, that narrows it. What if they take a quarterback in the fourth spot or the third spot? I think it would rule this. Would would would. I'm saying they're not taking it at six. If the Bucks moved into right. number six, then the Giants are not taking a quarterback. I'm going to not six. take that, and and I'm just going to throw. Well, I'm not going to take that. You're and not. I, maybe I'll go it. next because mine kind of jumps on top of that. Wes, I'm not going to take it. Hmm. I won't take it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine was just that they're taking that they're taking a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I, I and so that. I don't want to have to put it on a, a number, but that they come out of there not with Josh Rosen, but that they select a college eligible prospect in the first round. Well, I will not take that. I think they're going to. Mm. I, they will take a quarterback in the first round. That was that was my thought as well. You're saying they will, Greg? They will. Yes. Mark agrees with you. Yes. I'm, so I'm not. His taking- point was he was trying to, you know. Trick us into taking number six or something. No, I just got overly specific. Yours was more general. So we all agree the Giants will take a quarterback in the first Wait, round. Wait, well, Wes hasn't spoken on this one, on mine. Uh, I agree with Greg. Oh, no. Just like... Hmm. This is off to a riveting start. Hey, by the way, sandwiches don't need to be taken for entertainment value. It's really the friendships that we have that people listen to. Well said. That's well said. Hey, and I did bring in some burritos last time afterwards, by the way. You said we haven't done any sandwiches. I brought some in last time around. That's true. All right, let me me shake it up. I'm going to stick with the Giants because you guys, yellow bellies. The Giants will take a quarterback in their first pick. I'm always filleted. Wait, for not, this is three, no, three that ways to ask similar. the same question. Too similar. That's <laughs> We're yellow bellies, and then you ask the same exact question as a yellow belly. You're yellow. No, you are also in that club. Yeah, now. you can't do it now. I boxed you out. Oh, I can't do it at all? That's uh, what I say. All right, I'll throw another one out there then. How about this? Let's just move away from that entire conversation. What a nightmare. More quarterbacks will be taken in round one. Ooh. Than wide receivers and running backs combined. Hmm. Let's play. Come on, let's play this game for real. Let's fly. I mean, I'm working on my mock draft for Wednesday, and you know, doing your research. The most people don't feel that more than one running back would possibly go in in the in round one, and the consensus seems to be about two wide receivers. So you're saying it would need to be four quarter... If, if three of those are taken, you're saying it will be four quarter... There have to be more quarterbacks, not... Uh, so if it's three and three, I lose. I will take you just for the sake of maybe another wideout slipping in there. 
You lose the push. I lose right. the push. The push. Yeah, I'm lose. taking it then. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I think... That's I'll, how you hang onions, right off the bat. I think that was well, a good 50-50. You know, I don't plant. know. I don't know what I feel. I'm going to take it just because taking it is the way to go. Woo! That is not onions, by the way. For the, no, that was a nice 50-50, it's but you got it. Bet. You got what you want. I nope. hung them, and I feel no, good. No. Got a little, dra- it's a little drafty, but it feels good. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, all guys rumored speculated to go in the first round. You got Alabama running back Josh Jacobs. A lot of people say it will go in the first round. You have Penn State running back Miles Sanders. He's in the mix. And then wide receivers. Who's the guy that uh, Steve Weiss uh, Steve Weiss liked on the Twitter show last week? Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Brown. Yep. I mean, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. You Miles could get, Sanders. I think what we're hoping for we're is, the push. is a push. Yeah. Or for Drew Locke to maybe slip out of the first round or Daniel Jones, one of those guys. But I don't know if I buy that. I never buy that. All right, so there's a nice reminder of how the game's actually played. Wes, you're up. You had the exact same <laughs> I mean, you one had, as It us. was an epic as botch. As you, me. You as corrected me, at least. You essentially had the same one as me. We're so not, you, not you know me. what? We're not buying it. Everyone listening knows what's happening here. Go, Wes. <laughs> Everyone knows what's happening here. You threw in that number what six thing. manufactured <laughs> joke. You threw in that number six, botched the whole thing. And, and now it's cool. Why? I think that's actually a specific. A lot of people have the Giants just taking a quarterback at number six. I'm saying they'll go against the grain and not. That I mean, what? It's in the past. I mean that's in the past. Odd, Mark. odd critique by you, Dan, but fair. Well, you're you're picking something that's like favored to to happen. I, if you went to Vegas right now, the odds would be they do not take a quarterback, specifically number six, because there's just too many variables. You can move up, down, whatever. But I don't think it was a crazy one. All right, West. let's stay with quarterbacks. All right, I like it. Quarterbacks either, are fun. It's the only thing I know anything about. Either the Bengals or the Lions draft a quarterback in the first two rounds. Woo! I like that. Bengals. Or Lions draft a quarterback in the first I'll two rounds. I'll take you, but I love I love the way you're thinking, and I think you'll deserve a, not just like a sandwich, but like <laughs> bag of chips with that. Wow. I'll take it, and because I did like it, I'll give you one of your little Dole juice uh, bottles you like. So oh, nice. Uh, Thank you. Post-cancer. Do you even like chips? You can choose something else, but, you know, something like that. Uh, those um, – what are those voodoo chips from uh, – New Orleans. <laughs> Those are okay. Good. Yeah. A little, uh, what is it? Zabatos or is it? No. Starts with a Z, right? Zat. No. Come on, Greg. That's your region. <laughs> Those are your people. I know. And I spent like. Uh, the voodoo chips are glorious. All of, Anything named voodoo has got to be yeah. good. All of Zaps. 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 There we go. Now what I said, the Cajun crotators. That's what I, that's what I. Uh, that sounds like a great sports freshman year. The cra- Cajun crotators. Said Zaps. You said think, maybe. You said zats. I thought. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> zats. What did you did you take? I am part? not going to take it because I remain convinced the Bengals not just in the second round, but will take a quarterback in the first round. Mm. New coach. Enough for this Andy Dalton business. You got to get someone in there to compete against them. Otherwise, what are you doing? All right, Greg. Oh, I got a few options here. I've got you know, strategy now. Mm. We got a big part of the game. The onion hanger. In there. I'm going to say uh, the Raiders take a quarterback in the first round. I will take you up on that one. That the Raiders, all this little honking. You know, another option, you know, I don't know if it's Dwayne Haskins, but that's the one that, that would be the most fun, I think. So my, my biggest issue is that everyone lies all the time. And the fact that the Raiders have been so strong on Derek Carr makes me think they're lying through their teeth. And Derek Carr had that 
tweet when was it Haskins or Murray? Murray came in for the w- workout with the Raiders where he did the side eye emoji, which maybe Derek Carr was given a little window into his soul that he's like, wait a second, are these mm. guys gonna bang me in a big spot in the biggest of all spots and ship me somewhere? Mm. I so you say they're gonna do it? I say they're gonna take a quarterback in the first round. I'm gonna go against my instincts, even though I don't trust anyone. I'm going to say you're wrong. They will stand by Derek Carr and roll with him. So, Dan, I'm going to go with you because I yeah. I think that like if you were going to build the so you're roster, taking all three, you're taking me up on it. Yes. Okay. Good. I I think they might end up with two first round picks instead of three um, if they make some move some wheels and deals. But Derek Carr, I mean, unless you find a trade partner, that's 27 million in dead money. Keeping him around is highly awkward. I don't know who you're going to convince to trade for Derek Carr on any level. Uh, it, it, that I think that would have to happen, and I think that's too complex at this point. We've heard literally nothing about it. doesn't mean that part of this getting rid of your scouts was because there's some sort of mega deal going down, but I'll take you. All right. Now we're cooking. Mark, you're up. Maybe uh, you try these onions. I know. You I like should have saved that. Sweet onions. That's fine. It doesn't have to be in order. It's fine. That's good. That's a nice onion hanger. Kind of. Kind of. All right. Quasi onion hanger. I think that the Cleveland Browns are not done attempting to, at every uh, step along the way, look at, hey, look at wow is us. We continue to make moves and add players left and right. We can't control ourselves. Did you so, go with the little used wow is us instead of <laughs> woe is me? Well, not a woe is me. A wow is wow us. Is look us. at All us. Right. You sound a little exasperated. You, do you, I just, I you think that they, that it, would be, it would be Mark's fine. Mark's actually no longer a Browns fan. He's <laughs> no, I, I think now like, is the point he's giving up on them. It would be fine in the first round just to chill out for once. You already essentially used I get the 17th pick on Odell Beckham. I think that, to me, was a win. Um, but I think that they're going to get antsy in in what you could define it as a good or bad way and move back into the first round to get a player that they deem to fill one of their holes. I don't know what it will be. That's um, This is not part of the bet, but I could see it being one of those offensive tackles. A sandwich proposition. We don't the use the B word here at the NFL. We'll see. But that's my thing. <laughs> they're going to move back into the first round. Listen to Dr. Rainmaker. Uh I knew where that line was. Dorsey, it was and continues to be a cowboy. I think he loves people talking about John Dorsey. Yes. And that would be something I'd be like, this John Dorsey doesn't know when to quit. This guy's going for the big ring and all that. So I kind of could see it. I like that one. I, uh, I could totally see them doing that. Half of the goal here is Wait, simply so not pleasing Dan with my, with my <laughs> So I feel like I don't care what anyone else does. You reeled me in. I'm taking it. So you think they will trade back into the first round? Yeah, I think they and will. I, they and will. I, I like your thinking. You know the team well. You're, you're plugged into some of these beat writers that you're always chatting about. Oh, yeah, about that's right. He's, he's deep on the dark web. He always likes to act surprised afterwards with one of his little uh, predictions. I will hits, be honest. Even though he's been working he's the deep, beat writers. I, I have the Brown web, the Browns dark web, which, by the way, has had a great offseason. The Browns dark web basically broke that Odell Beckham trade yeah. before, before anyone Mark else. is kind of part of the dark web of the Browns, so I'm assuming this isn't just coming out of like your brain necessarily. Rather, it's an informed Situation, so I am not going to take you on it because that's what's going to happen. Well, I could tell you that I l- promise you, I came up with this about twenty minutes ago <laughs> at my desk. I, there is no dark web uh, activity, but that's fine. Check him out at Ernest Biner, nineteen eighty five handle on uh, some weird board. <laughs> I, for that you just imagining the John Dorsey thing, like he likes to be a big cat. For some reason, I think I, he does. He's got like I a have big the, cigar. I have the image of of. Um, 
of Job from Arrested Development where he like just takes off his pants. <laughs> Except John Dorsey, he takes off his khakis and just there's another pair of khakis underneath. <laughs> that would be fun. He definitely has multiple layers of that same exact outfit. <laughs> Corduroys. Um, that was good. Did you Did you do it too? I'm taking Mark. I'm taking him too. Yeah. If I wasn't, so I'm not. You're, you okay, not okay, taking. Wes and I are taking him. Wow, interesting. Fun. Okay, we got. And again, check all this out on gogetmylunch.org. Please, someone help me out with this one. I believe that's correct. Yeah, it's .org. It's an organization, so that makes sense. Yeah, Nick Fortier, who's done an amazing job for years helping us out with this. Uh, It will have all of, not only the all-time standings um, and a breakdown of every round we've ever done the past five years or so, including this one. He's very good about updating it as well. Mm. Uh, Nick, if you're listening, shout out. You are the man. What if he suddenly, without telling us, decided over it, don't care about doing this handy work, administrative side job. Dan, by the way, has moved into first. Maybe that's been for a little bit, but Dan's in first right now. I've been there. 53.7%. I'm pretty close there at 52.7%. It really shows how even it all is. And Wes is right at 50. uh, And Mark is really making up that ground underneath the 500. (laughs) 46. 46. But you had an iconic round That doesn't sound bad, but he's 20 under. So that's a long way to. Hmm. Well, I. You had a great 2018 regular season round, though. Yeah. You, you just got to yeah, work I, at... I don't like the no onion accusation when if you were to go through some of mine, or they are it, like... No, you are. You're kind of like... Insane stuff would need to happen. For absolutely. True. Sometimes your onions like dipped in a, like acid or, you know, like mescaline or something. You're like the There's slugger someone. in baseball who hits like 210 but has 38 homers. That's true. And, you know... I slug So it. it's like you're a, you're a... What they call in baseball a true three outcome player. Home run, walk... Strikeout and in a locker room problem, right? You may be in last, but like, what prop have I ever made that anyone remembers? You've got that That's Baker true. Mayfield one. He's got those bombs into the bleachers. Well, you only have to do one, and then it's least you can point to that. The rest are an absolute train wreck. Uh, all right, Wes, you're up. Dan's New York Jets mm. make a trade before Saturday. Oh, interesting. Before Saturday. Before Saturday. Huh. I mean, I don't care about one of these little. We exchange fifth round for like a sixth. But round a or second round trade would be enough for you. Yes, before Saturday. I'm not gonna take that. I I don't think. Uh, I just feel like almost any team. What's the chances they make some sort of trade? I don't know. I guess in it's the not first three rounds. I guess it's like huh? a one in four, one in six chance. But you're right. I think the Jets are just primed to be moving around. Here's why. I won't take you on it. We just have a lot of evidence that they are motivated. First, there are reports out there that they really want to get out of the three spot um, and move back and collect draft picks. Part of the fallout of the Darnold trade, which was a excellent trade, uh, but uh, they lost a second round pick uh, last year and this year. They also gave up a draft pick to get Kaleche Osemele. Um, so they, I believe they only have five picks in this draft, and it's a team with holes, I think, they will try to move back. And also what we're hearing is that the Jets at number three aren't really sure what they want. Ed Oliver. You want me to throw this one out and, and get no. some better bait? Why? You got, this is stinky bait. You guys aren't even. Well, if you had, said, up if you had said with the three pick, then I probably would have. Yeah. Let's change it to the three pick. There's not enough action on this. Now, now I have to back up those words. Now I still don't know. So that you think they will move out of the three. No, I just want more action. I, I, Wes will, is, Wes I will take you on that. I'll a, take you on number three. Wes is suddenly into it. The Reds came through for him over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say there. And, uh, Zach Duke. You know, Zach Duke, and he's feeling lucky. Yeah, uh, Jets. That, that's a good one. 
I'll take you because I don't know flip. how are you. What are you, the one thing is? It if is there a were a lineup flip. of quarterbacks that were like top six, top seven dudes, the Jets' number three spot would be prime territory to move into. I I West, don't see who's moving up to that spot for what at this point. I partly moved you into this bet by saying I I would take it, so I'm going to do that. Well, and I because was, I think it's fifty fifty, and I and I, I will do. Too. I do think at this point that that would be that would be a good prediction by you that they they're moving out of three i was properly chastened for throwing out a boring prop okay. and, and now we're well, now we're getting a little more interesting i'll think, take it i'll i think they it. want to move will they move will they have somebody that will be motivated to do it with them you know what i'll take you on it as well wow Greg, dan yeah. mark yes all that, right now, now west west what west did there was play the game masterfully mm-hmm. he he <laughs> did the he did the public opinion test that the cardinals are doing didn't work out we weren't suckers and now he kind of Tricked us into taking it. No, you it was might more just feeling here. guilty for being boring. By the way, if and that all gets thrown out if if the Niners or whoever picks number two does not take Nick Bosa. Jets are, our Jets aren't moving if Bosa's still there. But I hear everyone you. says he probably will not be there. But we'll have to see. We'll find out in 72 hours or so. All right, I'll throw one more out there. Speaking of the top five of the first round, one of the following teams will trade into the top five. The Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins, the Broncos. One of those four teams will move up to get into the top five, presumably to take their next quarterback. I am taking you on that one. Giants, Redskins, Broncos? I'll take Dolphins. Or Dolphins. Hmm. One of those four teams will move into the top five via trade, maybe with the New York Jets. Top five. Settling two prop bets in the process. Mm. Yeah, because one of mine was going to be Haskins goes top six. I'm not going to do that. Jackson, but see, they got to get ahead of the Giants. Broncos. Giants, Redskins, Dolphins, Broncos. Oh, the Giants get to move up too, a spot. Mm -hmm. Giants picking six right now. The Redskins picking 15. The Dolphins Hmm. picking 13. And the Broncos picking at. Oh, I'll take you. Why not? Just for, I mean. Why not? Just for gits and shiggles. Yeah. Number 10, the Broncos. Okay, Mark takes me on it. Okay. This is, this is a good one. It's got me really thinking. I'm going to take you on it. All right. I like it. I feel Fun. Like, I feel like there's Sight. a chance here. The Giants, decent chance Giants stay there. Hmm. It's tough. Did uh, Wes make a decision? Yes, I took it. Okay, last one. We're running out of time here. So okay. We've got to go a little quick. I'm going to go. The pa- The Patriots do not take a tight end in the first two rounds of the draft. Every every mock has them tight end first round. They Because what the Patriots like to do is on draft day is just stick their little middle finger up at everyone. Uh, who it's a little like kind of on the nose. Do, yeah. do something specific. They like to do that. Like I do. Day, I want Craig. them. I want Noah Fant or whoever. I want you know whoever they can move up, whatever. And that's just what they like to do. I like it. I think they're in a bad position with where they're drafting because the two top of the three sound like you need to move up to get one of them, even even Noah Fant. And there are there are some mocks though that have three tight ends in the first round. There's a guy Irv Smith. So there's a I, few yeah. in the second round. It's a good class. But I don't think they're going to get him late in the second either. So hmm. um, who's on the roster right now, tight end? Austin Safarian Jenkins and Matt Lacoste. Okay. Yes, they're going to do it. It will pain Belichick to do it because he'll hate for people to be able to say, we knew what Bill was going to do and he did it because that's Bill. But I think 
it's such an important need for them. And Brady needs more weapons and he needs help right now. He's 42 years old, week one. They're going to go get a young tight end they believe can carry the Don't forget about exempt international player Jacob Johnson. Oh, I didn't. I factored that in. Jacob with a K? With a K. I don't know where he's from, but shout out. uh, Oh, he's from Germany. I mean, the Germans are coming. Deutschland. They're coming strong with some of these uh, extra draft picks and we have the we have the check in with Maurice Boringer, by the way. I am not taking this one because Belichick's just just crazy enough to think that Safarian Jenkins is the answer. I am taking whatever side is they are taking a tight end. Okay, so Dan and Mark took me up on it. There you go. Go get my lunch.org. Nick Fortier uh, is a good man. Hopefully he's listening to this and everything as well, because then he will have the updates and everything lined up for Thursday. Uh, get excited. All right. That's it for today's show. A reminder. Big week on the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, on Wednesday, the first annual Mark Sessler mock draft. Oh, my God. Everything's going to change. Forget about all this garbage that's been floating around um, the uh, football world. There's only one mock that matters. It's Mark Sessler's Wednesday, a special just devoted to that. Uh, also, maybe we'll get Spice Rack involved. He, he, he postponed on us today, so I'm trying to decide whether, whether or not Spicy's going to make it in this year. We'd like to have him, but we'll see. Uh, and then we'll have a Thursday night show and a Saturday night show covering the draft. So thanks to everybody for listening and uh, big week and a Twitter show on Wednesday, our last one for a while. All right, this is it. Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.